There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Centauri and I had a great conversation with Jamie Baxter, the CEO of Quick. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Wanted to take a moment and let you know about today's podcast sponsor, PADT, and they are celebrating their 25th anniversary this year, 25 years of being the Southwest premier provider of tools and services to mechanical engineers around the world. PADT is a strong advocate and supporter of Arizona's startup community. They're active participants in the Arizona Tech Council, the Arizona Commerce Authority's Venture Ready Program. They're active angel investors through ATI. They encourage others to join them in making Arizona a destination for technology startups, focus on getting things done and disrupting a multitude of industries. I'd like to bring special attention to PADT's 3D printing business. They resell Stratasys Systems, the world's leader in additive manufacturing solutions. They also offer 3D printing as a service, providing the widest breadth and depth of technologies in the region, including stereolithography, metal 3D printing, and carbon's digital light synthesis for low-volume production of plastic parts. Visit www.padtinc.com to learn about more, how they can help with all your physical product development needs. Again, that is padtinc.com. PADT, we make innovation work. And now I bring you Jamie Baxter. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grombacher. Joining me, as always, is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action this week is Jamie Baxter, co-founder and CEO of Quick, a company connecting food and beverage professionals who want on-demand yes. work with businesses who need them. Welcome, Jamie. Thank you. Thank you. Centauri, you goes. ever bust tables? You ever wash dishes? You ever been a server? Yeah, all, all three of those, actually. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Were you surprised by that? Yes. Huh. Yeah. And in college, I worked at a um, a uh, small restaurant called Marvin's in Greencastle, Indiana, for three years, and I did all of those: bus tables, wash dishes, took orders. It was fantastic. Was even a line cook for what, a year. Whatever needed doing. Whatever needed doing, I got done. How about you? I haven't, but uh, you know, a story that I reference a lot is my fiance. Uh, she. Uh, bartended throughout college, yes. um, graduated and became a teacher. And as you know, we don't pay our teachers enough. Mm. So she continued to bartend on mm. nights and weekends and over the summer, um, but found it really hard if you have a very limited schedule to get the good shifts um, and uh, trying to juggle you know, multiple part-time schedules to pick up the extra money and make ends meet uh, was really difficult. So I think this would have been something that had been really good for her back in the day. Um, and today we, you know, on a platform, we still have teachers. We have, uh, have some attorneys that, you know, bartending throughout college and, you know, they just want to pick something else up. Maybe not even as much for the money, but just for the social side. Yeah. It's a, it's a way to, to help them out. We're not only thinking about just that, but also that we're in the gig economy now. So everyone, pretty much everyone has a side hustle of some sort. So if yeah. it's bartending, if it's waiting tables, if it's programming on the side or writing, there's something that someone else is doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you spent 18 years with a multinational consulting firm, for lack of a better term. Um, now I'm going to butcher the name. Something we're all familiar with. Willis Towers Watson. That's right. Um, so uh, kind of back up before that, I um, 
I started out as an entrepreneur um, and started my first tech company when I was 16 and, and sold that when I was 20. Um, moved out from Oklahoma to San Diego, started a small software consulting business out there. And, um, but then I got married way too young and uh, thought that I needed to actually go get a real job like my mm. dad had always told me to. So that's how I ended up at Willis Towers Watson. Um, it was called the Wyatt Company back then, went through five name changes in the 18 years I was there. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, 18 years, it was, it was a really good run. Um, started as a software developer there and the last 12 years um, was more what people now call an entrepreneur. So I took six different HR technology products from concept to revenue, uh, growing the largest to 130 million ARR, um, was leading a team of 380 people, uh, eight different product lines globally. Um, it, was, it was a great experience and, and taught me a lot, surrounded by some really good, bright, entrepreneurial-minded people that really set me up to you know, go back out on my own and, and do it a lot differently as, a, as an adult from when I you know, was doing some of these other ones as a, a kid or a very young adult. Yeah, well, that's awesome. All right, so this experience as an entrepreneur, driving massive revenue, managing hundreds and hundreds of people, and here, here we are. How, how did you find Quick, or how did it find you? So I, I left Wills Towers Watson, um, not exactly knowing what I wanted to do, um, but I, I wasn't having as much fun uh, as I wanted to, and um, fortunately I did very well there, and uh, thought, well, if I'm not having fun, then, then don't do it. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. um, so left there, and um, my, so I, I got divorced, uh, and engaged to my second and future wife, uh, second time's a charm, is what they say, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, so her brother was actually out visiting from Phoenix uh, in San Diego when we were living out there. And um, he owns a bunch of hotels and some restaurants here and was really lamenting about uh, the staffing issues that he had. Mm -hmm. uh, unreliable staff that would just no call, no show, and how important the, the staff is to actually running your business in the service industry. And... Um, Basically, he said, I, I wish I could order staff like I order an Uber. You just, you know, push a button and magic happens. And that's when the light bulb kind of went off and we were we started kind of thinking through it. And it fit really well into my wheelhouse of HR technology products. And uh, so I thought, you know, this is this is a really good idea. Um, and that, that's really where the idea came from. So for those not familiar with Quick, can you top line, how does it work? So the way it works, uh, in a simple way to say it, uh, it sounds cliche, but it's the uh, Uber for food and beverage. Uh, so we work with hotels, catering companies, event venues, restaurants, and connect them in real time with servers, bartenders, cooks, and dishwashers. So as a professional, I sign up on the platform. I tell, uh, you know, fill in about my experience and when I'm available to work. We then pre-vet and certify each of our professionals in person, uh, make sure that they're ready to work on the platform, and that's where they get their first rating. We have a five-star rating system. Um, once they do that, they can start accepting shifts, and so we actually send out those shifts in that rating order. So the highest rated people get the most shifts, and um, when a business posts it, uh, a shift that needs to be filled, we start sending it out. Uh, whoever wants to accept a shift picks it up. They clock in and clock out using our technology, and at the end of the shift, the business pays quick, and we pay the worker. They have the money in their account 30 minutes after they clock out. Wow. 
Awesome. And I have to imagine that, that one of the most important things for any business, certainly a restaurant, would be making sure that the people that are coming through their door to represent them are high quality people. High quality. They, 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 you know, the two things they care about the most is high quality and reliability. They want to make sure that they're actually going to be there. And you know, the temporary staffing issue, uh, industry is really who we compete against. And they're got a really bad reputation for employing the unemployable or the unemployed mm. and, and staffing mm. agencies, sending out people that don't know what they're doing, um, aren't good quality, and, and not sending out actually all the people they need. So uh, my brother-in-law, Chris, faces all the time. We say, hey, I'm doing a banquet. I need eight bartenders. And the agency would send four. And you'd be lucky Great, if two thanks. or three of them knew Great. how to bartend. <laughs> you know, the others were, you know, just kind of bodies. Um, and so that's what we're changing. Um, our average worker rating is 4.9 stars out of five. Mm. Um, and we have a 98% fill rate. So, you know, almost all the shifts that people put on our platform actually get filled with high quality, reliable people. So we're really changing the industry. And, and that's what our clients utilize us for, uh, is high quality, reliable professionals. And before you, um, before we started recording, you were talking a little bit about your successes, your recent successes. But I'm curious, getting there, I'm sure there are a lot of things to, a lot of humps as far as it relates to logistics, getting people onboarding. Can you talk? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it. Uh, I think you know it always looks like it's up and to the right and smooth sailing, but there's uh, you know honestly a lot of you know peaks and valleys and left turns and right turns. Um, when we started out. Uh, we were initially focused on hotel housekeeping. Um, it was out of the 30 hotels we had talked to, um, it was the number one use case that they needed solved. Um, so we, we launched in February 2018 uh, as a hotel housekeeping staffing company. And um, we ran into about 15 different problems over those uh, <laughs> first five weeks. And, uh, you know, a first orientation session, you know, uh, was part of that. We, you know, sent out the message to 300 people and ultimately had three people that showed up. There was more quick employees there to facilitate the orientation than there were wow. actually housekeepers to be oriented. Um, How did you find the initial 300? Um, job ads. So um, Craigslist, uh, Indeed, you know, Monster. Um, just putting ads out there saying that we were looking for housekeepers that wanted to work on this platform. And it's still the way we attract a lot of people today. Um, but we ran into a lot of different issues um, to where ultimately we thought, you know what, some of these we think we can overcome, some of these we think we, you know, we can't. And so after five weeks of doing housekeeping, um, I wouldn't call it a, a full pivot, but more of a shimmy over to, to food shimmy. and beverage. Same business model, just slightly different twist. And, um, you know, it, we rebranded ourselves as a food and beverage company over, you know, two days and relaunched the site and relaunched our job ads and started, you know, uh, advertising jobs for bartenders and servers and dishwashers and cooks. And um, we found a, a lot better fit with that demographic um, and uh, the ability to, they're very a much more fungible skill set that you can come in and be a, a banquet server whereas a housekeeper you really have to know how to housekeep at the Westin versus the Sheraton versus the Marriott mm -hmm. um, and they wanted you know I, didn't, I never knew that kind of going into it but it turns out it's it's pretty specific 
Um, and, uh, you know, they want the same person to come back each day as well. Um, and, you know, we were trying to build a, an on-demand marketplace, you know, more similar to Uber. And you can't get out of an Uber and just say, yeah, that was great. Why don't you come back and give me a ride every day? Uh, you know, we, we were trying to create something that is a, a different model. And while I think the housekeeping staffing is a great business to do, it just isn't a, a technology-enabled on-demand marketplace the way that we were really wanting to build. Right. Fair enough. <clears throat> so that realization, you're, you're sitting with, with your co-founder, you're like, oh, man, this is not working. We need to change gears. Yeah. Um, was it your experience just over your 18, your 25 years as a professional that you said, you know what, we're going to remove emotion and fear. We just know we need to make a change. Um, the, we, we surrounded ourselves with a lot of really smart people. And I, I'll start by talking a little bit about, you know, um, we, we have two co-founders besides myself. One's more of a part-time co-founder, Chris, who owns the hotels, uh, he runs another company called Caliber here in town that uh, is going public. So he's really just kind of part-time. My full-time co-founder, uh, Blaine Light, uh, was employee number 141 at Uber. Uh, launched the Phoenix market for Uber and then 10 other markets and ultimately created and led a national operations team at Uber. And so we, we, we you know, the three of us sat around, but we also went through the Coplex program uh, to help us kind of get started. So we had a bunch of folks from Coplex that were really smart helping us think through this. And, um, you know, I think some of it is business intuition that you develop after a while. But the other part is, you know, I think um, the the wisdom of a, a crowd of people, you know, and, and, you know, it always takes a village. And if you can get a tribe of people thinking around this in the same way, I think it helps to get a lot of perspectives. And so... Um, it wasn't an easy decision because uh, we saw how big the opportunity was for the right. housekeeping. Um, but uh, ultimately, we made the decision that it narrowed our scope within the hotels to only full service hotels, uh, but opened us up to catering companies and event venues. And, um, you know, looking back, it was more of an obvious decision in hindsight. Uh, the, you know, market size got better, the, it was a better fit from the supply side, a better fit on the demand side. It made a lot of sense, but in the, in the time, it, it wasn't an easy decision. Got it. And from a selection standpoint, just kind of take a step back. When you are um, doing the initial interview and, and the vetting, certainly I think anybody who runs a business and has employees will tell you that doing good selection on the front end is, is, is really where it's at as opposed to trying to um, fix a, a kind of unring a bell and, 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 and fix a bad hiring decision. And you've obviously been very successful at that. Is there something that you point to that says, this is why we've been so successful at it, or maybe other organizations haven't been? So I think that's where the, the power of the technology platform really comes into play versus a, a traditional agency who we compete with a lot. They've got to be really good at making that upfront decision, where I say that's really just kind of the entry point for us. So. Uh, we have 13,000 food and beverage professionals on the platform now. Um, we can't spend the same amount of time talking to each single person as if you were making a full-time hire. Because then, like you said, you, you're trying to unwind something that's already been done and you've committed to an employment agreement with this person. All the professionals on our platform are all independent contractors. And so um, there isn't the same amount. Uh, there's actually no, no similar concept of termination. You're just either on the platform or off the platform. What we do is we do the pre-vetting and certification to make sure that we 
you know, are making the best decision we can in a short amount of time. Um, but it's really the power of the platform after each shift, the business rates the professional and professional rates the business. That's the best betting you can do. If you can get a, you know, even mm. in a job, if you can get a performance review at the end of each day, Quickly. that tells you how well you're doing. And if you can make a decision to terminate that employment, if you were an employee of a, of a location, after getting a bunch of bad ratings, you would do so. Uh, but a lot of times, if you're an actual employee, you've got to go through all the process and make sure you're on the right side of the law and everything else. So it's... Um, that's really where it comes in. We also have a lot of data that we collect. Um, so we're a very data intensive organization and we look at the reliability factors of how many times have you canceled your shifts yeah. uh, or do you clock in late? Um, and we look at all the quality metrics and reliability metrics and calculate a quick score. And there's nothing better than you know looking at a whole bunch of data that's in real time empirical data that you can say, yeah, this is a good person or this is not a bad person. And we send the shifts in that order. So we, we send them out to the best people. They're going to get the most shifts. And if you fall down below a certain level, you're not going to get any more shifts at all. Um, that's the best betting. If, if you show you someone that they've done 142 shifts and they have a 4.97 rating, you know they're good. Much better than just kind of that initial interview that you could do on somebody. From I'm curious. Um, from the quick score, are you able to extrapolate like larger trends within the industry? Like, could you use that to help uh, inform businesses about like, the, we know this is the average blah, 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 blah. Have you thought about how you can use that in a, like an interesting way thing? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of interesting plays there. Uh, we haven't started doing that yet, but That's just so one of the um, technology products that I developed at Wells Towers Watson was all around taking data that we already had, repackaging it and selling it back out to the industry. Yeah. And um, I think there's a lot of opportunities for this if you think about what we're building. It's kind of a, a LinkedIn database of all the food and beverage professionals with Amazon ratings on top of it. Yep. Mm. Like, it's pretty powerful what you could do with all of that data. So always curious about the stories. Can you give us one from a business standpoint and one from a server or bartender standpoint? Just a testimonial or something cool that happened? Yeah, um, I think one of the really cool stories, um, the Doubletree down in Tempe, uh, was looking for a new banquet captain. Mm. And uh, this is kind of a story that combines both of those into one. Um, so uh, we have a policy on our, our platform that if you want to hire one of our professionals after they work a shift for you, you can do so without paying a fee. Most agencies typically hold you hostage and yeah. they're going to make you pay up to 20% mm. of that annual salary, 3000 5000 or more to bring that person on full time. So uh, they said, hey, we just want to... Um, you know, post a shift and you're, you're okay if we hire someone. I'm like, yep, absolutely. So they said, okay, well, send us some people and we'll, you know, see who we like. Uh, the third shift, they uh, got a person, uh, a gal named Jesse Gilman as the banquet captain. And at the end of the shift, they said, that was a fantastic shift. We want to hire. And we said, great, go for it. And they said, but we want to just kind of test it out just a little bit more. Can you send her, just her for the next two weeks and uh, make sure everything's good? And we said, absolutely, go ahead. Um, so we posted two more weeks of shifts. She did an outstanding job. They hired her own full-time, which is great for her. She's got a full-time job. Um, when she's not working there, she's still picking up shifts on quick at Lever, yeah. Hilton or the Marriott or wherever else. But now that she's over there, she's in charge of actually staffing the banquets. And where does she turn when they need 20 banquet servers? Right. She comes over to quick. Um, so it's, I think it's a, a really good story that talks about the power of utilizing the platform not just for temporary staffing, but for full-time recruitment. 
um, and the ability for us to help people, you know, get full-time jobs. Um, you know, a lot of the professionals on our platform, they're not living just paycheck to paycheck. They're, you know, it's, it's less than, than that. And they, they need to make money to pay for their kids to eat tonight. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the power of us being able to pay them right away so they can, you know, keep the lights on, pay the rent the next day or buy groceries on the way home. Um, you know, that's, that's what I get really excited about is helping the professionals on our platform earn a livelihood and take care of their families. That's a super powerful thing for sure. What I was thinking about while you were explaining how the process works, particularly when, um, when the restaurant will actually rate the, the, the person that came in, I mean, what an incredible incentive for the person to make sure that they are on their best behavior, giving the most professional experience that they can. Does the, does the individual also have the opportunity to rate the restaurant or, or their experience? Absolutely. We're creating a, an accountability on both sides. Mm. Um, you know, I think as businesses might say, they're, you know, they get unreliable people that aren't good and everything else. Well, on, on the flip side, there's a lot of professionals that are out there working at businesses that don't get treated right. You know, they yep. get managers that... This guy's a jerk. Yeah, they're just complete <laughs> jerks. That, and so uh, if you fall below a three and a half star rating, uh, you know, uh, on average across a business or a professional, you're not allowed to post shifts anymore or you're not allowed to receive shifts anymore. Oh, wow. So we're actually creating something that's accountable. And we had a, a great story about a company that started to get some low marks and we took the feedback that came out of the professionals, you know, reviews and approached the company and said, hey, listen, we're starting to see this. And they didn't have any idea. They actually went and fired one of their supervisors because it was actually causing them harm and getting a bad reputation out there in the market, not just on quick, but, you know, that's going to affect all of your, your workforce. And if you see a high sure. turnover, it might not be the, the workers, it might be the supervisors. Right. And uh, I think it's just creating a good ecosystem for both sides to interact with and, and be accountable, you know, to, to good performance and treating people the right way. Yeah, that's data that I would absolutely want to know, you know. <laughs> absolutely. So, with um, with this <clears throat> with this, you're obviously disrupting a, a number of industries. Has as has have people been receptive, or have you had some detractors? Obviously, probably from staffing industries, but maybe even some uh, some restaurants and bars. Uh, our business partners on the, you know, the, the where they post shifts, restaurants, bars, event venues, they've been completely open to it. They're super excited. Uh, you know, they have a reliable way to post shifts. They can do it online, 24 hours a day. You, you know, one of our competitors actually still requires you to fax in your staffing order. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you think about the experience there. It's just a night and day difference. How does that even work? Who is who is a fax machine? I know, right? I don't know where to find one. Yeah, I know. Um, so uh, they've all been really receptive. The professionals have been really receptive. Uh, some of our competitors haven't been as receptive. Um, you know, and it's, uh, I think anytime that you find people that are upset about what you're doing because you're disrupting the industry, it means that you're onto something. And uh, so I, I take, you know, positive attention, negative attention, all as, as kind of good mm -hmm. attention. It means that you're, you're disrupting something. Uh, if you don't have a few people that are your haters, uh, you're probably doing something a little too conservative. Um, you know, not making a big enough impact on the world. So um, while they're upset about it, I think ultimately we're changing the the environment for the better in this case, you know, the, the food and beverage environment, uh, the staffing industry, we're changing it for the better. And uh, if people don't like it, you know, that's okay. Got it. What uh, category would you put your company in? 
you a technology company? Are you a cert? A... That's yeah, great question. It's you know we're we're definitely a uh, a technology company that is a staffing marketplace. Um, at the end of the day, though, our product is our professionals. We're we're dealing in human capital, and um, you know that's what we really pride ourselves on. But uh, we are a technology company. As the, the question left my mouth, I'm like, I hate when people try to label me and put me in a box. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, <it's okay. laughs> like, why would I ask that question? It's so stupid. Idiot. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> well, one of the questions we love asking, um, but and I, I don't, I don't want to jump ahead to that. Where where do you see this company going? Are you going worldwide, stay in Arizona? Um, so today uh, we're operating in Phoenix, Tucson, and San Diego. Uh, we're opening up Dallas next month. Uh, just hired our general manager for the Dallas market. Nice. We'll be in eight cities in the U.S. Uh, by end of year. Um, Which drive in the expansion decisions? Just where you have contacts, or are there trends in where those markets are heading? So as, as I mentioned earlier, we're a very data-heavy organization. Right. We've got this Google reason, sheet with right. 15 yeah. different, you know, uh, metrics that we look at, you know, the size of the population, how much hospitality business is yep. there, where our competition is, the the labor regulations, a lot of different things. Um, but now it's starting to be some of our clients uh, that are pulling us in one direction or another. So we have several clients that are wanting us to open up in Dallas uh, as well. So, um, so as far as the future goes, we're going to stay focused on food and beverage uh, for the next year or two, and then look at adding another vertical into the mix. So. Uh, probably as a, a, a sub-brand, so we'll have quick food and beverage and then quick nursing or quick construction, uh, another industry that uh, relies a lot on this fungible workforce that you know we're, is relying on temporary labor right now, but really you could look at it more in the gig economy uh, fashion yeah, yeah. And, uh, and disrupt another industry with the same type of technology approach. Um, Overall, though, we're, we're looking to grow as, as big as we can. We believe there's a big land grab opportunity that's out there. So grow as big as we can in the next three to five years and then um, and get acquired is our goal. Uh, we we want to get acquired and, uh, and then go off and build something else. Nice. Yes. Excellent. So the top three things that you've learned over the past couple of years. Um, I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is it's all about the people. Um, you got to find the right people to join your team and as they always say, get the right people on the bus and, and get them in the right seats. Um, I think, you know, I've always been one that probably uh, moves a little slower than faster, more methodical, analytical. Uh, my co-founder, Blaine, uh, is the opposite. We balance each other out, but I, we're now more in the category of move fast and break things. Um, and I think, I, you know, I've learned a lot in, in moving faster, getting to market, figure it out as you go. Um, otherwise, you end up spending too much time trying to get it all right in the beginning. Um, and then lastly, I, I would say that, you know, after coming out of corporate America and, and working, you know, with Fortune 500 clients, um, going back to doing something very startup and entrepreneurial again, um, it's, you know, it's not easy starting a new business, but we, we have to remember that all things that are out there were started just by somebody that did something. And um, I think Arizona you know, after moving here to start quick, I think this is a really good place to do that. Uh, the tech ecosystem is here really good. The, uh, the ability to raise capital in Arizona is something that, you know, we found to be uh, very good. 
Um, 70% of our first round came from Arizona. Mm. Um, nice. it's, it's a good place to start a new business. And um, I wouldn't have thought that necessarily, you know, coming into this, but I've, uh, I, I'd encourage people to do that here in Arizona. The, it's, it's a, anyone can do it. Uh, and, and Arizona and Phoenix especially is a great place to do it. Love it. I love that move fast and break things. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's one of my favorite things for sure. Excellent. And then finally, if you could make one plea, knowing that the entire world would hear it, what would that plea be? I really just, I want to get the word out about quick. Um, we you know, are, are constantly advertising ourselves, um, whether it's from you know, attracting more professionals on the platform, getting new businesses to utilize the platform, mm -hmm. Uh, being a place uh, to work, you know, we're trying to attract great talent. We're 22 people now. We'll be about 50 by end of year. Um, we're trying to attract the best, you know, people. But we're also a VC-backed company, and and constantly, um, mm -hmm. you know, talking to different investors as well. So, you know, I think just getting the quick name out there and making a, us known uh, as a place to work, a place to pick up a shift, a place to help your business, a place to invest your money. Uh, all those different aspects. Uh, we're just trying to get our name out there. Awesome. I love it. Satari, what else? Mm, what do I have? Answered all my questions. Ah, have you ever watched the show Party Down? I have not. You Have you not? How do you have this company? I've never seen Party Down. It's I, three I'm questioning about, myself right now. It's three things about <laughs> banquet servers. It's amazing. You will love it. Party Down. All right. Yes, 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 yes. It's great. Okay. Party yeah. Down. Jamie, what else would you like to share, sir? I, I just wanted to say thank you to you both. Uh, really appreciate you know the opportunity to, to be on your show, and uh, you know I had a lot of fun. So excellent! Uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. How can how can both parties get involved with your with your platform? How can companies get involved, and how can uh, how can people interested in working at those companies get involved? Uh, go to quick.com, www.qwick.com. And uh, from there, you can select that you're uh, a professional or a business. Uh, the sign-up takes about 90 seconds, so you know it's pretty easy. Doesn't cost anything, and uh, get started. Excellent, I love it. Well, thank you, sir. It was a pleasure. Thanks, as always, for listening. And remember, keep questioning because the struggle is real. On behalf of Centauri and I, thanks as always for listening. Please subscribe to the show. Leave us a review and feel free to share the show on social media. Thanks a lot.